standard issue for all women. Hi, I'm here at the Cambridge Arts Picture House with our film reviewer extraordinaire, Yosra Osman. Why, Hi. hello there. Hello. We haven't spoken to you for a while. It's How have you been? It's been ages. Yeah, I've been good. Thank you. How have you been? Yeah, we've been busy. Yeah. In fact, probably busy enough that I haven't seen a huge amount of cinema. <gasps> but since last year, you recommended a couple of films to me that I hadn't seen that turned out to be actually really, really good. And what were they? I'm hopeful. One of them was uh, God's Own Country. Oh, yes. Which I genuinely loved. And the other one was the one with Willem Dafoe and the kid who lives in... Florida Project. Florida Project, Oh, still yeah. one of my fave films from last yeah. year. So I'm hopeful that yeah. we'll get something here yeah. that I haven't seen and that I can go, woohoo. Okay. Okay. Right, so I'm telling you what films are my faves from the year. Yeah. 2018 seems to have gone on forever because there are a few films that I was looking at that I can't believe they came out in 2018 but I have to give them a bit of a mention for example Coco which I thought was last year (gasps) I saw Coco we did it the other day for Dunleavy Does Disney oh did you love it oh my god it was amazing isn't it beautiful it really really is I've got nothing but positive things to say about Coco oh I loved it I cried my eyes out at the end. Yes, right. I cried in it, and yeah. I haven't cried in a Disney film. I've watched every single one now, bar six, and it's the only one that's made me cry. Really? Yeah. Not even Toy Story? A Toy Story 3, but we don't do uh, sequels in it. Yes, when that's I saw a tearjerker. Yeah. Yes. Coco is made by the, the same director as Toy Story 3. Lee Unkrich, yes. So he clearly likes a tearjerker. Yeah. So I, I loved that film. I just think it's a wonderful animation for kids, adults, anybody. Really moving story, beautiful animation, great songs. I mean, what else do you want from a Disney Pixar yeah. film? Absolutely love that. And for the first time in such a long time, because well, every week we watch our Disney film, I don't think I could fault it on anything when it came to do with Grace, it had cast an old Latino cast. Yeah. Just so many Disney films that make you just go, oh the racism yeah. to watch yeah. something. Oh the whitewashing, I can't take yeah. it. Nope, this one they got it right for that one. Another film, I can't remember if I've talked to you about this one. It came out again quite near the beginning of the year. Phantom Thread which is the I, Paul Thomas Anderson film. With... Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. I think we did mention it, yeah. Yes. So that's still up there as... I think I gave it... I mean, I sound very pretentious when I say this, but I think I gave it five stars. I thought it was perfection. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Great performances. Paul Thomas Anderson is, like, one of my favourite directors anyway. There's only one film that, of his that I was a bit... Uh, about, I think it was Inherent Vice with um, oh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, who I love. But all his other films, I just think... Are, Amazing. I so. see. I think There Will Be Blood is a little bit overrated. No, I can understand that. It goes on a bit for one thing, and it, everyone showers it with praise. But I can see why for some people it might be a bit, a bit much. But I think it's just a matter of opinion, as is most of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? We have to mention Black Panther because that apparently was also this year. I um, have seen Black Panther since we last. Oh, week. great! Yes. Did you like it? I did. There's a tiny bit of of me not being fully aware of what's going on Mm. because I have or haven't seen a lot of other films Mm. connected to it. And I think the the British actress, what's she called, that plays the techie wizard? Letitia Wright. Uh, Can I tell you a Letitia Wright story? So I think she's incredible. And I was at a music festival a couple of months ago having a little dance. Turn around and she was right behind me dancing. And I was like, oh my God. 
God, she's played one of the best Marvel characters I've seen in years. I can't not be excited about this. And I was with my sister and we were both like, keep it together, keep it together because she's with her friends. You don't want to interrupt yeah. her. So we just kind of let her do her thing. But that was well cool. Yeah. And I think what's what I really like about Black Panther as well is, is the female characters are all really well portrayed and really well written i'm not saying that other marvel films don't have that but especially in a film where you've got a majority black cast to see these female characters like letitia wright's character shuri who's kind of the brain whiz um peter nyongo i mean some absolutely fabulous i mean all the characters but i just want to give a shout out to to the female characters as well really well developed story with I think Michael B. Jordan as the villain was just well he's a villain but you can understand where he's coming from and and really really great character depth there so yeah I still have major props for Black Panther so yeah those films all came out I mean ages ago I can't believe they're from 2018 it's Brexit it's slowing time down (sighs) Brexit's just slowing everything down (laughs) I can't I can't deal with it then I've already mentioned Joaquin Phoenix I do love a bit of Joaquin so there was a film I don't know if you saw it Lynn Ramsey's oh my god you were never really here yeah I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast because I can't stop talking about it yeah watching him just slop water off the floor with a towel yeah who would have thought that that could be so beautiful there's so so many scenes in it that are just they're not stunning but they're stunning when they are singing that terrible 70s song yeah but they're both on the kitchen floor and they start singing i've never been to me it is singly the weirdest but one of the loveliest i don't know how to describe it it's Mm. just an incredible moment yeah i think lim ramsey is she's amazing yeah and I just that's one of those films I'll, I'll mention this with a few films that I'm probably going to talk about but I, re- I really felt the film mm. like it was a very visceral experience yeah. in places every single shot I feel in that film was just so cleverly crafted and Joaquin Phoenix in particular he can do so much with his face sometimes without saying anything I agree because I was having a conversation just this week about an actress that everybody loves and I find to be somewhat overrated Mm. and I said people always praise her for her face Mm. but I actually think that she looks a bit blank faced and and staring into the middle distance to me and I was saying some actors you look at and you can actually work out what they're thinking from their face Mm -hmm. and Joaquin Phoenix in you were you never, never really yeah. there is is the perfect example he's, of that. That yeah, he's just brilliant. Yeah. He communicates so much. I mean he doesn't talk for ages either, does he? No. It's a very physical performance yeah. as well. You know, he's got this hulking kind of physique everywhere he goes and I don't know, I just I really loved that film. There's another film that I wanna talk about that I I don't know how widely it was released, which is a shame, but it's it's called Zama. It's by a director called Lucretia Martel and I saw it as part of a special thing going on here at the Cambridge Arts Picture House, she actually came to Cambridge and did a few talks and showed quite a lot of her movie showcase. It's based on a, a 1956 novel. It's about um, a Spanish official called Don Diego de Zama who is stuck in Paraguay on an outpost up for work and he wants to go back to his family mm. and he can't, so he's doing all these menial things and flirting a bit here with this woman. Really kind of mundane things that he does but there's something about the film that really struck me in terms of just how well it was shot for one thing cinematography is amazing every it's another one of those films that you really feel and there's a level of absurdity in it 
you know you'll get llamas showing up in random scenes the end goes a bit crazy and there's things that really make you feel sometimes that you're in a dream but it just really works and I just have to give that one a shout out because I feel like it hasn't really been promoted much and I don't think it was shown in the cinemas for very long but if anybody does want to catch it it is a remarkable piece of work a remarkable piece of filmmaking so I put that up there as well did you see A Star Is Born? No. Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I, I just didn't fancy it. I'm, I mean, I haven't seen the original A Star Is Born. Mm. And I'm never quite sure whether those films are supposed to be when, for the market of the people that haven't seen the original mm. or yeah. whether they're actually trying to pick up a fan base who've already seen that one and would go and watch it again with different mm. people in mm. it. I wasn't keen on the idea of yeah. going to see it because I just thought... Oh, it just looks a bit showy and uh, I'm not the, the biggest fan of Lady Gaga until she went on Drag Race and then I just, you know, thought she was the uh-huh. best person ever. Bradley Cooper, meh. I was like, this is meh. And then I went and I watched it and I've seen it twice and both times I really got into the story because I've not actually seen the original A Star Is Born, one, two or three. I mean, there's been a few. Oh, has there? Yeah, so there's there's the version... With Judy Garland. There's oh, see, I didn't even know that. I thought it was yeah. just Streisand. Yeah, so the Streisand one is probably the most famous, Streisand and Chris Christopherson. But Judy Garland did a version way, way back when, in the 50s, I think. And I, and I think that was based on another film with a different title that was out in, like, the 1930s. So actually, okay. there's been a few versions of the story. I've not seen any of them. But I really liked it. I thought Lady Gaga was brilliant. And I thought there's some really cool scenes where they're performing at music festivals and the camera does these big pans of the crowd and the stage and it's really well done I think it's Bradley Cooper's directorial debut and I think he does really well with it cried both times even though I knew what was going to happen <laughs> still in floods of tears there's a wonderful final song that Lady Gaga sings which if you don't cry at that there's, there must be something wrong with you because it's so moving and she sings so beautifully sometimes you know back in when she first started I forgot that she could actually she can actually sing really well yeah she's got a really lovely voice and it really shows in a star is born got plans for valentine's day no me either actually that's a lie i do and those plans are moving to a new location as of February the 14th in London, we will be at King's Place near King's Cross and we will be hosting the fantastic Dame Claire of Balding and the excellent Sarah Pascoe. Tickets are on sale now, so, you know, get them quickly because they are going to sell like baked goods that are warm. Get yourself over to www.sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue where you can find out about this and all of our other excellent shows. What else have we got? Black Klansman? Did you see that one? No, but in our Celebrity Spot story, I I did find myself at the premiere of Yardy. Oh, yes, I saw that. And whilst drunk, decided I was going to go and talk to Idris Elba Mm -hmm. and then looked and thought, oh, he's talking to someone else. Mm -hmm. And then thought, is that Spike Lee? Yeah. And it was interesting about having a chat with Spike Lee. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. 
It's Spike Lee, legend in, in his own right. And Black Klansman is a really powerful film, I think. The story's really interesting. If, if you don't know the story, it's about um, a black police officer who basically infiltrates into the Ku Klux Klan and gets Adam Driver, who plays another police officer, to be him, essentially. So when he's on the phone to the Ku Klux Klan, it's it's John David Washington, who's who plays the main character, on the phone. But then he sends Adam Driver when they have to meet face-to-face because obviously he can't go as a black man to Ku Klux Klan meeting. And it's... it's it's really, it's a really good film. Again, great performances, great story, very well directed. And then powerfully at the end, I'm not going to give too much away, it, it hits you like a punch in the gut. Which is just, I mean, we could go on a whole conversation about that alone. So another strong one there. And one that you should probably see right now, because it's on Netflix, and it just came out on Netflix about a week ago. It's called Roma. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. Alfonso Cuaron, who did Gravity, and probably the best directed of all the Harry Potter films, which is the third Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban, in my opinion. This is his film, and it's, it's basically about a family in Mexico... They have a maid. It's partly about her story. You know, she's she's a house servant in the in this rich family's house. About her day to day life, about her relationship with the family, her relationship with other people. It's also in part about the family because they have their own struggles, and it's it's very lovingly told. I think with Alfonso Cuarón, with Gravity, for example, he's a excellent technical director and you see that in Roma the the, the cinematography is astounding there's some really wonderful shots around movement that he does where you're just following the actors going from one place and it's just really seamless Mm. and, and really well done and with Gravity he was the same he was technically brilliant but I thought in Gravity the story was a bit weak whereas here I think the story is strong and it's subtle the narrative isn't obvious all the way through. You're just following these people and their lives and their emotions. And it's just, it's so moving. So I really want to recommend that as something that you can actually watch right now at home on Netflix. Excellent. I'm going to go home and do that. Yeah, well, I hope you like it. We've talked about Netflix before on whether things count as films. And, mm. you know, there is that mm. contentious debate in it. Because when I do my TV reviews, I'm never quite sure. When things are coming up on Netflix and it's a film, I'm like, I'm never quite sure. Shall I, shall I pop this into the TV review? I don't yeah, know. Because when yeah. something's on there, mm. you think, well, I wouldn't want anyone to miss it. So, yeah. you know, I'm not that purist that I would say, no, that is a film. Get out of my TV reviews. Yeah. There's a couple of things that I watched that I thought weren't great. But one of the things I really I thought was really good on Netflix was Paul Greengrass's September the... No, it's not. I didn't see this, but it, I heard a lot about oh, it. Oh, July the 11th, is it called? It's it's about the Anders Breivik Yes, shooting. the Norway. Yeah. Yes, 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 I've heard about it. And again, I'm not entirely sure that it's going to be everybody's cup of tea, but mm. if you like Paul Greengrass stuff, mm. you know, it is very much in the style of mm. Captain Phillips mm. and United 93. Yeah, of course. In the yeah. sense that it's just... There's no explanation. You're just with these people. Yeah. Most of the characters, you're not even entirely sure what their names are. Yeah. Because you know, nobody ever introduces anyone to anybody in those things. You just sort of, you're with them and you're in it. And yeah, I think he, he did a, a, a really good job of making it not not really about Breivik, but about the incident, which is what you want in those yeah. things. It's not supposed yeah. to be like... It's kind of not, a, you know, no, sort of a, a showcase of... Yeah. of yeah, it's about victims, isn't it? It's yeah, not about, which is what it should be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think Netflix is, is, there's just so many more feature films which are going to Netflix, to Amazon, to all these streaming services. It just seems to slowly 
be going that way. Yeah. And, you know, at first I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but now I just... I don't mind it at all. I was lucky to see Roma on the big screen, though. That is the one thing, because I did think, I wonder mm. how this would play on a big because screen. Because actually, Roma, I've just said I don't mind it, but Roma, I think, is is really wonderful on the big screen. Yeah. Because I saw it as part of the Cambridge Film Festival. It was the surprise film. I feel so lucky that I did. And it is showing at some cinemas. So actually, I just told you all to go and you know watch it on Netflix. But um, if you can see it in a cinema, you might you yeah. might get a better deal because of this filmmaking style. Yeah, it looks really good on the big screen. But if you if not, see it on Netflix because net you know it's it's there. Maybe on the biggest telly you can on find a huge rather than telly. your laptop. Yeah. yeah, but there are you know there is there are some films now that there's one on I think it's on Amazon called Don't Worry He Won't Get Far on Foot, which has Joaquin Phoenix in. I keep mentioning him, yeah. but I, that's another that's one. Okay. That's another yeah. one of my favourite films of this year that I saw, and I saw that at the film festival, and that's only available by streaming now. It's a wonderful film. It's about someone who gets into a very bad car accident and and becomes quadriplegic. So it's quite sad in that sense. But then he starts doing cartoons, and he becomes really famous for his funny, very crude cartoons. I think it's it's based on a real life person. Mm. And it was just another wonderful film that made me cry. So many films have made me cry <laughs> this year. I can't believe it. Mamma Mia 2 made me cry. Did you see that? And of course I didn't. Oh, come on. I haven't even seen, I've seen Mamma it three Mia times. 1. <laughs> I've seen it three times. I- to be fair, the first two times I saw it, I was not fully paying attention to it the whole time. And then I took my mum to see it because she hadn't seen it. And we watched it, and both of us were just in floods of tears when Meryl Streep came on screen. 20 years ago, I went and saw Mamma Mia at the theatre with her, and I feel like doing that, my daughtering Mother Mia, Mamma Mia stuff is done. Yeah. That's it. I've done that. Were bit. you not a fan of... Because it's great on stage. <sighs> no. Even, uh, okay. I just... I did, I, the thing about Mamma Mia is it's just... It's silly, mm-hmm. and obviously, I think if you like it, then you go with the silliness, and in fact, maybe the silliness helps. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I do feel that the sort of segueing into songs is yeah. is really badly signposted in a lot of places. Oh, but in the first <laughs> film where Pierce Brosnan screeches it out and can't sing a note, it's one of my favourite moments. It's so funny. I mean, I think I am in the minority here, Yosra. Most people I know seem to have really enjoyed Mamma Mia. Even Mark Kermode liked Mamma Mia. Yeah. So, yeah. So. I mean, he really liked the first one as well, so I think he's just on board with the Mamma Mia. It's been, I think, a very good year for film. and very diverse, actually. I'm just looking across the list that I made of the films that have really stood out to me and... They're all really different. The year tends to be early January to April. So that's when a lot of the Oscar films come out. That's when I go to the cinema and then I have like a few months off. Yeah. Um, Unless somebody will say to me, Oh, you should go and see this. This is really brilliant. Or a couple of times in the summer which is how I ended up seeing You Were Never Really Here, where it was so damn hot, and I was like, where has got air conditioning? Got to go somewhere cool. Yeah. <laughs> hide I'm in the gonna, cinema. I'm going to go and hide in the cinema, yeah. so I don't tend to go much later in in the year. But yeah, I mean, this year, early in the year, was incredible. The Shape of Water was yes, amazing. loved that. We talked about I, Tonya, which I thought was absolutely tremendous, and I have subsequently watched again, and I yeah. still think it's absolutely tremendous. Oh, good. I don't think I was a big fan of that one. I think I liked it, but I, I I saw it in a bad mood actually, and I think that might have that might have shaped yeah. my opinion. 
let's just say I'd been out the night before, yeah. so I wasn't feeling the best when I was watching it. Did you watch Yardy? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. What did you think of that? I thought it was. I thought it was good actually. Um, I thought the main guy in it, and also, why can't I ever remember people's names? The guy who's from Liverpool. Stephen he Graham. Had, yeah. yeah. God, he was brilliant in yeah, it. Yeah, Stephen Graham's it's brilliant. Abs- I mean, he's brilliant in everything. I but- actually think Stephen Graham might be one of our proper national treasures. I think he's, he's probably one of the best actors we've got. I know. I've, and I always forget about him. And then he'll pop up in a film or a TV show compl- playing someone completely different to the last thing I saw yeah. him in. And I'll be like, wow. You can do anything. Yeah. He's such a good actor. No, I thought it was because it was Idris. That was Idris Elba's directorial debut, wasn't it? And I thought that was really good. I didn't think it went anywhere too different for its genre. Yeah. But I thought it was really strong and, yeah, solid couple of hours in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I thought about it was it was so heavy on mm. dialect which is fine yeah, yeah. obviously because you know that's what makes it authentic mm. that i would say i understood about 80% of it i'd say a, a good 20% of it i was like i i'm not entirely sure what's happening here right i see <laughs> uh, so there were bits of it that like that were almost impenetrable in, yeah. either because of the accent oh, or because actually. of the, the dialect but yeah. what i did understand i thought was Really good, yeah. yeah. Did you see um, another film I forgot to mention, but Widows, the Steve McQueen, the new Steve McQueen film? No, it's on my list of things I want to see because my brother saw it and he said it was really great. That was like bounced off a TV series or something. Yeah, from the 80s. Yeah. And then Steve McQueen loved the TV series and caught the creator at an event and started talking to her and then decided to make the film. And he got Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl, to do the screenplay. They're a very good match in terms of directing and writing, because normally, I mean, if you've seen his other stuff, like 12 Years a Slave and um, Hunger and Shame, there's a bit of a slow burn to them. Whereas I think her her screenplay kind of made it a bit choppier, but he's such a brilliant director that it was just really well-crafted. And you've got people like... Viola Davis, I mean, incredible and everything. Elizabeth Debicki, amazing. Daniel Kaluuya was quite terrifying. He was another, I thought he was a really big standout in the film as well in terms of its casting, but everyone was very good. And it's just interesting because the heist film normally has very common tropes. Yeah. Very, um, This took the genre and I thought did something quite clever with it. It was still a solid heist film, but it, it was... Just a, there was something a bit different about it, and I, I would recommend that one as well. It's nice to see, you know, people like Viola Davis and and Elizabeth Debicki getting those kinds of roles. To be honest, yeah. and Michelle Rodriguez, like she, she's I've not seen her in a role like that before, so it was really, really well done. And it just has so many elements to it. You know, there's the racism, the sexism, yeah. the the politics behind it, and then you've still got this we're going to go and try and get six million kind of storyline yeah. as well. So it's brilliant. It's funny, isn't it? Because when we first started this podcast, you and Day had a conversation for us about, was this black cinema's moment? We were talking about Get Out yeah. and Moonlight and yeah. things like that. Day said something along the lines of, you might find that next year is LGBT cinema's moment yeah. and, and yeah. people will move on. I feel in this year of cinema, it hasn't moved on, has it? Mm. It has stuck. It has been another really good year yeah. for people of I don't think people screen. will move on. because I don't think it will happen like that because if you look at something like, we talked about Black Panther, 
that broke box office records that did so so well you've got films like that you've got really you know intelligent pieces of work with black directors like widows black clansmen you know that people are going to see the money is being spent and the film industry is driven by money so i'm hoping that the hollywood executives aren't going to shy away from getting black writers black directors black actors because there's nothing to say that they're not there and they're not doing good work now. There's nothing to say that they don't bring in the money. So there should be more of it. And then I'm hoping that spreads... I mean, if you think about that, there, there was Crazy Rich Asians, which I didn't yeah. see, but that's the majority Asian cast. And we need to see more of that. And I'm hoping that, you know, we've had some really good LGBT films recently. One I saw that I, again, forgot to mention is called The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which came out a couple of months ago. Um, really good film so that they are starting to rise so I'm just hoping that with all of this it just keeps going and it should just become the norm that's yeah. what we want so that's you want it to just be the norm and actually I suppose it's it's not just cinema we're talking about is it it's yeah. all popular culture and actually I mean certainly Hamilton has had a, uh, I think will have a continued impact on you know, what people expect from mm. from musicals from theatre mm. from now on and hopefully television will begin to catch up mm. a bit more and, yeah. uh, and have more, certainly more women because we are interested in women, women-led stuff, mm. but also mm. women of colour mm. leading stuff because yeah. that, that it can't just be the same six actresses fronting Getting every single primetime drama. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And it is, I think TV is, I mean, I haven't watched too much telly apart from Netflix stuff this year, but I think that is... Hopefully, moving ahead as well. well you I think Netflix are the, I think Netflix are at the forefront of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's a kind of another thing. reason to back Netflix yeah. because they do have a lot of diverse TV shows, films yeah. with with all sorts. One more question for you sure. about the year. I suppose the biggest film of the year, probably mm-hmm. uh, in terms of volume of people going to see it, was what's its name. It's the Marvel thing with the gauntlet. Avengers Infinity War? That's the yes. one. Yes. Okay. Now, I, I've seen some discussion about how films like that miss out on awards because, right. you right. know, they're seen as populist and things like yeah. that. Um, I think it's frankly ludicrous for films like... I mean, technical awards is one thing, mm. but put it in a category of best film I find totally ridiculous because right. I don't think that's the point those films are even made for, are they? They're made... To put bums on seats yeah. and to, for kids to enjoy them and to sell merchandising, yeah. I think probably. Do you do you have thoughts on sort of the big summer blockbusters and whether they are worthy? I'm quite conflicted about this. I ha- actually have not seen Infinity War. Um, I'm not super up to date on the Marvel universe, for example. And I, I think because didn't they make a new category in the Oscars, which is like best popular film or something? Well, that's the, I mean, they might even have got that far then. Are yeah, you right. I because I read that they were talking about it. I and think I they. It was a I bit think silly. they've done it. Now, I I think when you look at, I mean, awards anyway are all about campaigning. So you know, I'm a bit funny about awards most of the time anyway because it's a lot about the strength of your campaigning. It's about um, that's money. How, that's the money. That's yeah. how you win. And if, if that's the case, then something like Avengers Infinity War may as well be thrown in the mix. You know, now that the Oscars... Do you remember when the Oscars, it used to be five films yeah. in the best film category? Then they extended it to ten. So yeah. they could put in every now and again a film like... A, a more popular film, let's yeah. say, in inverted commas. I think if there's a film 
in that universe from something like Marvel that is a really strongly made film with a with the kind of characteristics that you think should be recognised in terms of best film, then that's fine. I can't talk about Infinity War because I've not seen it. If you're talking about other Marvel films, I might raise an eyebrow. This was a conversation, again, that happened because of Black Panther, because people were saying that could get a best film nomination. And I personally, if it did get a best film nomination, I wouldn't be totally against that, actually, because I think there are elements of the filmmaking there that really are quite marvellous. Well, also, there's kind of a a wider idea with it, and you don't nominate films because they're worthy. Yeah. But actually, I would hope that in ten years' time, Mm. when people look back and talk about films like Black Panther, it will be seen as something that started... Yeah. something yeah. or something that proved and something and I think it is so, uh, yeah. if that, so in that way if, if it's been a game changer yeah. in that sense then maybe it is and I think that, is, that is, I think that is the case with Black Panther so I, I, like I said I'm not I'm not against that being in the top in the in the ten nominees for best picture at the Oscars Infinity War I'm, I've I have actually seen it and what did you think I thought that there was way too many people in it. It was too packed. It was too chaotic. Are you a Marvel fan? Not especially, but I have a nephew and I like to be able to have conversations with him about stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I tell him that he should sit down and watch Blackadder and enjoy it, and he does, I feel the need to reciprocate by watching whatever yeah. rubbish film Love he tells Black me Adder. to watch. Yeah. yeah, I think there are bits of it that are funny. There are undoubtedly... I mean, you and I have had this conversation before. I... Don't do Marvel films, but I am a big fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I think they are... Which are brilliant, yeah. ...really, really funny. Mm. I mean, uh, who knows what will happen with those now because of the huge row that is going on. Right, Between, yeah. well, everyone who's in it, basically, yeah. over the yeah. sacking of James Gunn and things, yeah. and I think it's that's quite awkward, sad. Yeah. It's a shame, actually. Um, so it's interesting because I'm... I'm not, neither here nor there with Marvel. I've, there are some that I really enjoyed. Thor Ragnarok from last year. Oh, I thought I that was one of my favourite films of the year. I bloody loved Thor Ragnarok. It was so Ragnarok. entertaining. It was brilliant. Perfect popcorn film for Mostly me. because it was just really, really funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. I was so surprised. I was Because sometimes I think Marvel films take themselves a bit seriously. Yeah. And I went, and that's what I expected with this one. And I was just like, the humour in it. Yeah. It was just so funny. And the the director, um, Taika Waititi, have you seen Hunt for the Wild People? Yes. He's just, I just think he's got a certain style to him that I really like. Yeah. So seeing that in Thor, I was like, brilliant. But I don't know the franchise, you know, I don't know it very well. So you're saying that Avengers Infinity War is um, like, too many people, very packed. But my friends who are like diehard Marvel fans, yeah. that's what they love about it yeah. because they get, they literally like, they're almost having orgasms when uh-huh. characters are coming on screen. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And that's who it's made for, really, isn't it? It's made for them. And I, I don't think there is anything wrong with that, actually. Like, I think that's, you know, that's, they love it. That's good. There's a market for it. But then that makes me wonder because I will see it. I'm planning on seeing it over Christmas because that's when I catch up with yeah. a lot of films. So I, it'll be interesting as somebody who's a bit about Marvel but the best picture thing I, I don't know it, it depends uh, if, it, if it's worthy of it it's worthy of it yeah. but it's um, they are just talking about it which is like best popular film but then that to me is problematic because 
how are you going to divide films up by popular and, and not popular? Like, what, So does that mean all the ones that are in Best Picture are not popular? Does yeah. that mean that... Because you can get films like that are popular, they get loads of money at the box office and they get loads of bums on seats that are also Best Picture nominees. Yeah. So something like La La Land last year, for example. Yeah, Where would that why? sit? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's that kind no, of... No, I agree. Um, ...issue there. So in the new year, yeah. we'll have to have you back in to tell us what we need to look forward to. Because all the good films Because all the good out. films will be coming out with, yeah. before the Oscar nominations, won't they? Yeah. I think a couple I've mentioned already will be in the mix. I think A Star Is Born will be a yeah. Best Picture nominee. I think Roma, for certain, will be Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, all of those. I think potentially a couple of noms for something like Black Klansman, and who knows with Black Panther that could that could sneak its way in there. It'll be I think it'll be a really interesting year for for the Oscar nominees. Excellent. Um, so yeah. Thank you, Yosra. It's Thank always you. a pleasure. It's been fun. Standard issue for all women.